Alliance of Women Filmmakers, this is Visionary Voices, behind-the-scenes conversations with groundbreaking women and non-binary filmmakers from around the world. I'm Diana Means. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in today. I am speaking with director Alessia Barbiero, talking about her film, Critical Juncture. In April 2021, India made headlines as a second wave of COVID brought the country to its knees. Critical Juncture shines a light on the women who stepped up and worked the front lines to help their country in need. Critical Juncture asked the question, could COVID impact the gender norms in this otherwise patriarchal society? Alicia, welcome to the show. First of all, thanks, Diana, for having me. And I want to say sorry for my accent. I'm Italian. I really would like to be able to fake a different accent, but I'm not. So here I am. There is never any need to apologize for being authentically you. And I love your accent. Thank you. Really appreciate. Give us a little background for you as a producer and showrunner and what led you to this project. Yes, sure. So I have a background as a journalist. I studied journalism. I work for a lot of newspapers. And then 10 years ago, I moved to the Netherlands and I started to work in the video industry. Five years ago, I started to produce direct and write documentaries and docu-series. And I believe that this is the perfect fit for me because they combine my interest in news and stories that I believe that deserve to be told with the power of images. Um, with Critical Juncture, I think that uh, um, is one of my um, projects I'm most proud of because I really believe that media, and I include the documentaries in this category, have a responsibility to tell people what happened in the world, to reflect about reality. And this is why I decided to do a documentary that was connected to something that was happening in that moment, COVID, with my uh, journalistic background. Now, were you actually in India at the time of COVID? Like, what led you to this particular project? No, <laughs> I have to say that uh, uh, COVID changed the world and COVID changed also our way to work. So I was not in India at that time. Uh, I was uh, uh, in the Netherlands where I was based. But in the past, I made a lot of stories uh, based in India. I have a great team there that collaborate with me already in the past, um, searching for stories that are uh, always connected to women. And uh, when uh, I decided uh, to do this project is because I was reading an article that was really interesting. And it was about how COVID can change how women are perceived in society, in a society patriarchal as the Indian one. And uh, I thought that was something that we should investigate on. And this is why we started to do this documentary. Now, this documentary you know, kind of took place through the eyes of another filmmaker, um, yes. Priyanka. 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 How did you meet? Yeah. How did you meet her? So Priyanka is uh, one of the um, producer and documentarist and journalist. She's an amazing woman, 
and she's working with uh, uh, another colleague that I have in India, that is Navi. So we started to discuss together, the three of us, and we had a long session of brainstorming how we could make this story become real reality. And uh, so our meeting was online the first time, and, uh, and, and now we are in touch, and we became really close after uh, uh, making this docu- documentary together. And can you share some of the challenges that Priyanka had in terms of access? Because, you know, the film, she's inside, you know, right on the front lines with the women, you know, fighting um, this battle in the hospitals. Can you tell us a little bit about her access and her challenges? I have to say that the first challenge we had and she had was uh, the first day of shooting because uh, Priyanka, that is our main character and the DOP, uh, got tested positive two hours before she was supposed to shoot the first day. So we have to delay all the process. We were supposed to start filming end of April, but we end up filming one month later because she, we have to wait a negative test for her before coming out and filming. So this was the first big challenge that we had. Of course, she's on the ground. I really believe on the important to work on people, local people, when we, told, we tell a story in a country. And she had a lot of connection already with uh, some of the characters we met because she knew them from previous uh, uh, reporting, from previous stories. And the most difficult part was getting access inside the hospital. The situation at the time was really bad. So um, the hospital didn't want to let a journalist, let a filmmaker entering in the, in, the, in the structure and see the situation. And of course, I really believe that was also for us important to respect the privacy that at the moment the people were live. So um, we didn't push too much when we were uh, asked not to enter in a room or not to film in a place. We believe that the story was powerful, even without breaking the rules. How long did you shoot or did she shoot in the hospital? Uh, the, the whole documentary was a film in a, around 15 days. But these 15 days were uh, uh, in, in the entire month of May and June. And in the hospital, we went a couple of times, so in two different occasions. And of course, we found a lot of closed door before finding an hospital that decided to let us film and to let us speak with uh, uh, two doctors, two female doctors. So you went to several different hospitals for access. We tried. We tried. Yes, we tried and we asked seven different hospitals. I have to say that uh, I understand it was not the main goal of the country to show that the health system at the moment was not working well. So uh, it was a difficult situation. They didn't want this kind of publicity. So we understand that part. And I have to say that the hospital uh, was more difficult to get access, but the situation there was better than the situation that, for example, ASHA worker had to face. And ASHA worker, a social worker, that they work in the more remote part of the society and they don't have the structure and the organization of the hospitals but still they have to face a patient every day. So I imagine that just the country of India didn't want this kind of publicity on them because you know, they were just being ravished by the COVID. So 
while you were in the process of making this film and getting this pushback, did you get any pushback afterwards in terms of the release of the film? No, uh, meaning the, the film got accepted to several festivals, even in India. So that part, I think that uh, we are really happy about that. We try to approach television for this. And uh, the answer is that they don't want COVID-related um, documentaries on television. So the topic is a little bit taboo, I would say. Uh, so if I think about the financial part, the selling the documentary, maybe India is not the right place for doing this. And did uh, Priyanka gain access to any social workers even after the film or off record? Yes, we managed to get access to a social worker. I have to say that all the people that are part of the film, they really were welcoming us. They really want to be heard. They have something that they believe was important to say. And I uh, really appreciate everybody that stand up. This is why I'm really happy. And because the message is strong, all the women that we managed to interview, they were putting their face in front of the camera. They, they were saying, we are here. We want to be heard. And I think that this is really important. Yeah. How did Priyanka go about getting a budget? Because as you said, India had their pushbacks. She had a difficult time with access. What was it like raising money to support her doing this documentary? And that part was quite difficult because we work for a, um, a production house that supports the movie. This production house is called uh, Zoom In. It's based in the Netherlands. Uh, when we uh, talk about this movie, we realized that we didn't have time to apply for the funds. It was so sensitive and so relevant in that moment. So the production company decided to invest uh, without thinking about a return of money, but they wanted to bring the story alive. So I think that this was a, also a great thing because we, we felt that somebody was really believing in this project. What was the name of the production company again? Is Zoom In. Zoom In is a video production company based in the Netherlands. They are uh, um, known for two different types of production. There is a small production that is a, a short documentaries of five uh, minutes. And then they have a studio that uh, um, produces long documentaries and docu series. So this uh, production, Critical Juncture, entering the um, in the umbrella of the Zooming Studios. Now, are you partnered with this production company yes. or did they come to you? Yes, no, I'm, I'm working with them. So I'm, uh, I'm really working with them and I push them to follow my crazy idea when I believe that there is something that is important to, uh, to bring on screen. And do you still do journalism or are you just primarily a filmmaker now? Uh, I, I, I keep, uh, keep with my passion, but of course I don't work anymore with, uh, with, uh, my journalistic skills. I'm more on the documentaries, uh, industry now. So I, I think that one of my, um, best skills are, uh, writing and, uh, creating storytelling. This is my passion. I really believe that the storytelling is uh, what makes us human. So this is where I want to go. So, and I think that in this of writing and telling a story, my journalistic background is still there, you know? 
Can you share a little bit about your editing process on this film? Was there a lot of footage that you did not put into the film? Yes, uh, I, I think that at the end we have uh, we had something like uh, 20 hours or more of footage. So, of course, we had to make a choice. There were a lot of second uh, storyline that we that could bring the film completely in another direction. So the topic is so interesting and so full of uh, information that are equally important. We had to make a choice in the editing phase. Um, and I believe that this can give us also the possibility to investigate something different in another movie, maybe in the future. But, uh, but all the character brought us so many interesting points that uh, really opened my mind. Will you use that footage to then create another documentary, possibly? Uh, not at the moment. This is not uh, something that I have in program, but uh, I really would like to, I don't know, maybe also for promoting this movie and creating some small, uh, short um, or uh, some um, five minutes documentary about this other topic. So that is a possibility that we can do. But uh, step by step, <laughs> this is not in, in my plan now. And what is Priyanka doing now? So Priyanka is uh, still working as a, a filmmaker for a lot of uh, different uh, uh, companies. And we are still in touch, uh, thinking about other possibility, of course. Uh, but she will continue her job as a documentarist and as journalist. And Priyanka is based in India, correct? Yes. Yes. New Delhi. And have the roles for women changed since COVID? I mean, we are still in COVID, but... Have yeah. Priyanka experienced the roles for women changing? I have to say that what I like the most, and you can see in the movie, uh, she was not 100% convinced at the beginning of the movie. So the movie, in a way, is a sort of uh, the change of her mentality. So she started with some data, some facts, and she met, met people during this journey, during this process. Of course, the change is not possible to see in a short time. Um, the turning point is there. The COVID was a turning point, a critical juncture, as we call it. But if the situation will change, we can say in potentially five, 10 years. It's a long process. But of course, the fact that a lot of women decide to, to become more uh, present, to gain a responsibility, to be frontline, is something that she could see with her eyes. And I believe that uh, if you arrive at the end of the movie, you will see that we close with a positive note. It's a positive note because, of course, we, I'm a positive person. I'm quite optimistic by nature, and I want to see this change. But the point is, we really hope that this change will happen because we have some data that this happened in neighbor countries. For maybe this different reason, but the critical point, the critical juncture was there in the, in the neighbor country, and that was creating this reaction. So we really hope that this will happen in India too. Yeah, change always takes time. I hope that as the film is more circulated in India, that that change will continue to take place. What is next for you as a filmmaker? 
I'm uh, uh, willing to do another documentary. So I'm working on two potential ideas on two pitches at the moment. They are quite top secret. <laughs> so uh, I really hope that next year I can come out with another documentary, another feature. And I want to keep working on stories that are relevant and on stories that have a social impact. Uh, I'm not really into fiction. I'm, I'm, I really believe that I want to, uh, to do stories that make people think and maybe hope for a better future. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much to you, Diana. Critical Juncture screens in the Los Angeles Women's International Film Festival, Sunday, March 27th at 10 a.m. For tickets and a complete lineup, please visit lawomensfest.com. Visionary Voices is produced by Diana Means with editing from Otaku Media. Visionary Voices is a production of Alliance of Women Filmmakers and made possible in part by a grant from the Department of Cultural Affairs. Our website, visionaryvoicespodcast.com. Yeah.